Welcome to the Humanity Leadership Podcast. My name is David Wheatley. We're here to talk leadership in small, bite-sized and practical chunks. Enjoy. Welcome to the Humanity Leadership Podcast. This is the fourth of our first Friday sessions. So if you are interested in joining one of them, you can go to humanity.com and sign up to join the first Friday sessions, which are one hour or less work sessions around leadership with a great format of interaction as well as some presentation. And what you're about to hear here is Lance Satterthwaite presenting on how do I help my people get the work done? And uh, so he's got six tips on that that he's going to cover, including stepping into a job with an intensity for success, collecting the information needed to, uh, for any given task, insist on accountability, be consistent with expectations, write things down, prepare and start every day with a game plan. He's going to go into those a little bit broader. And uh, and then on first Fridays, you can have a Q&A and we have work sessions in breakout rooms after the presentation where people share their thoughts and perspectives as well to increase the learning. But here's Lance Satterthwaite, my uh, 15 years at Humanity colleague, sharing his thoughts on how do I get people to get the work done. Enjoy. For starters, I'd like to uh, just say, uh, you know, if we're going to actually help people get work done, we really need to calibrate. And that's a word we use a lot at Humanergy. And that's really, you know, the simplistic version of it is let's sort through uh, what aspects of this can I actually control? And let me make sure I pay attention and do those things. And then part two of that is where is it that I actually can help and influence other people uh, to get work done? So I'm going to share uh, six key points with you. And so uh, let's start uh, with number one, which is something you literally actually do control. So you'll see the wording around uh, stepping into a job with intensity, making sure that um, you're doing what you can to make things uh, better. So the idea here, uh, and, and I really do believe it, it's like choices are contagious. And so if I actually want to help my people get work done, then job one is to make sure I'm actually consistently role modeling, getting the work done, taking the initiative uh, to make sure we are successful. So things like showing interest and asking questions, building relationships, working alongside of people, following through on your commitments, right? I mean, if we're gonna help others get work done, let's make sure, A, we get our work done. This week I was with a group and um, I was asking them about like some memorable leaders they worked with, uh, sort of the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we were talking that through. And uh, one of the participants shared they had a leader over the summer who uh, would skip out a lot on noons, uh, you know, around noontime and actually go hit the links and go play golf. And that boss would literally call back and say, hey, can somebody like go to my computer and like send a couple emails from my workstation to like show like I'm working and I'm there. And I just thought, holy cow. And uh, so I asked the person, like, what is it that you took from that experience? And he said, I actually learned to be a better golfer because I started cutting out at noon also <laughs> and uh, doing that work. And so it really is, you know, if choices are contagious, let's take a look at um, uh, how we uh, get work done, make sure we are uh, committed to that. I often believe in a mantra, uh, and David mentioned my love of outdoors. 
uh, the mantra around um, leaving things better than you found it. It's like a leave no trace camping uh, mantra. And so um, it makes me think about a story somebody once shared of they got a new plant manager in and the plant manager was really promoting, um, you know, the idea of cleanliness, uh, safety, uh, taking pride in the facility. So one day the plant manager, relatively new to their job, was walking around the facility and they happened to see like a, a puddle of condensation of water uh, going on. And so rather than say anything, the plant manager literally walked over to, you know, the cleaning closet, grabbed the mop, grabbed the bucket, didn't say a word, went to this spot that people had uh, been walking around and sort of working around all day and just mopped the floor, went back, put the stuff back, didn't say a word. And I asked somebody like, what did you learn from that? And um, the person really said, one, you know, the plant manager really earned people's respect that day. And two, the plant manager never had to do something like that again. And it's like, what they learned is I'm gonna follow suit. If they're gonna roll up their sleeves and do it, uh, I'm gonna do the same. So uh, make sure step in with that intensity uh, for success. Number two is to uh, collect all the information needed for any given task from your people. And I would also say, and a part of this is like, so when you delegate onto people to get work done, make sure you've actually collected it in your own head first. And I really think this piece is about alignment. And the reality is alignment takes uh, uh, time. Uh, people who are on screen who have done work with me before, You've probably uh, heard me use the phrase, slow is fast and fast is slow. And I just love that phrase because it's like, if we take the time up front to align, right? If we take the time up front to work through some of the details, we actually can make up time later on because there's less misunderstandings, less drop balls. The idea of fast is slow is if we go quick on that upfront part, we're actually gonna get bogged down uh, later on. John Wooden, I'm a big sports fan. Uh, John Wooden, who is a famed basketball coach, has a quote that says, if you don't have time to do it right, when will you have time to do it over, right? So if you don't have time to do it right, when will you have time to do it over? And so when we think about things like delegating and collecting all the details, one of the things I would say is um, watch the drive-by delegations. <laughs> it's like, hey, you have a minute and, you know, and I haven't really thought it through and I haven't really talked about uh, what it is and, and cover those details. So the details are often our question words, right? What, uh, why, when, how, who, et cetera. Uh, in one of the classes we teach on delegation alignment, we talk about uh, things like, you know, imagine it's a football field that I'm delegating out to somebody. Let's start with the end zone. Let's start with what is success, right? Why is it important? Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the timeline. And then we can look at the football field and we see boundaries like the sidelines and we say, there are some things people should and shouldn't do in order to get that work done. Right. And there are even some best practices to be able to get that work done and just making sure people have that same picture. It's like, is the picture in my head in the picture in your head? Is it the same? And uh, just make sure you have all the information for doing that. Number three. So if we're aligned up front, uh, the next piece is let's make sure we actually are one insisting on accountability and two, I'm helping with the right things. And I really believe this is about 
how do we transfer ownership, right? How do we help somebody really own the space uh, that we're delegating onto them? There's a uh, classic uh, Harvard Business Review article uh, called Who's Got the Monkey? And uh, the, the point of it is like, imagine a problem or an issue is literally a monkey uh, sitting on somebody's back. And so if somebody stops by and say, hey, there's an issue going on, or hey, I have a problem or uh, calls you, you really have a couple choices at that point. And one choice would be to actually take that monkey on your back, right? And take on the issue and say, let me look into it or um, I'll think about it and get back with you or let me do X. So that's one choice, but that may not be actually the one uh, that you're helping with the right things. The right thing may actually be keep the monkey on that person's back, right? If they own that, let's then help with the right things, which may include things like coaching, right? Let me listen and understand. Let me ask good questions. Let me even, and I had a boss once, uh, this was really early on in my career, and he said, I truly have the open door policy. You can bring me any problem, any issue you want, and you will always bring at least one solution, right? And so don't walk into my office and dump a problem on me. At least come up with one solution. And if you don't have one, I'm going to ask you to leave and come back once you have a solution. And I just really like that idea around the monkey management is let's uh, make sure people are accountable. They take ownership for uh, resolving the problems. And at the same time, we can help. So even if I've listened and I've asked questions, maybe there is a space there where either I can give advice, uh, maybe even provide a direction. Maybe sometimes I'm literally willing to either take the monkey on the back or we look at the monkey and say, you take that part of the monkey, I'll take this part of the monkey uh, for us to be able to work together. But the watch out here is don't do people's jobs for them, right? Don't enable people in that. Number four. So number four is, um, so as we, you know, uh, align the work and as we help people, you know, become accountable for it, there is a, and understand the person, right? Understand the audience and be willing to uh, be consistent with the expectations, be consistent with the deliverables and at the same time, adjust and tailor your approach uh, to the individual. And so it, at times it makes sense that um, between person A and person B, you may either provide more direction or structure. You may provide more of the details. And it really is about understanding uh, both what they need plus what you need uh, in order to feel comfortable in that situation. So there are times where maybe you're more hands-on. There are times where uh, more, maybe you're more hands off and it depends on a lot of factors. You know, do I trust the person? Do we have um, you know, a history of getting results? Um, what is their experience level? How complex or how critical uh, the task or uh, you know, the issue is? And so uh, be able to flex according to the person. I think a part of that, uh, and it really boils in my mind to two questions. One is, what type of leadership does this person best respond to, right? And just think about your interactions. I know somebody earlier talked about, uh, Raquel, I think uh, you wrote around, you know, making sure you're uh, giving positive feedback and praise. And while uh, people respond to that, some people really, really respond to that. 
right? And it's understanding what that is. And sometimes people respond to a much more directive style of leadership. And so tailor and adjust with that. So that's what type of leadership. And part two is how do they want to be communicated with or how do they learn? And so uh, if you think about um, the last, maybe a Kia piece of furniture you got or some other furniture you got and you saw the instructions, it's like, are you a literal, like, I'm gonna read through this step-by-step, just show me the picture and I'm gonna work it all out. Uh, Some people now just hop on YouTube and it's like, I just wanna watch a video of somebody doing this and then I'll replicate that. But we all have different learning styles. And so let's understand what works best for that person, both in terms of communication, uh, as well as learning and tailor and adjust uh, that. So don't work from a one size uh, fit all approach, be willing to ask them what works best for them and work with them. Number five. So we know the idea of writing things down, um, especially as, as you get older, like myself, and you have these Alzheimer's sort of moments, like, man, what was all that about? And there really is a, um, you know, a, a secret to the idea of let me get it out of my head, right? And if you think about your head is almost like a computer, your brain is, and if I have too many programs open at once, it starts eating at that RAM memory on computers. It starts bogging the computer down. And that is true in the human brain. And so the more we can get things out of our head and into a trusted uh, time management system, it just makes a lot of sense. I wanted to show, I I grabbed a book off the shelf today. Uh, It's called Getting Things Done uh, by David Allen. And he does a lot of um, writing just simply around this concept, (laughs) like have a notepad at your bedside when you wake up with a brilliant idea or the to-do or whatever it is, write it down, get it into a a trusted time management system. So that's both for you modeling that and it's for uh, encouraging coaching and maybe even insisting that people show up to things like meetings and conversations with something to capture notes, right? Whether that's electronically or a a pen paper. So uh, try not to operate uh, and just rely on memory. You know, the interesting thing with technology, uh, and I know a lot of people use like OneNote or even like the notes feature on their phone. What's cool about some of that technology is it really gives you a search feature right, to be able to do that. I don't have to let my brain uh, actually be the filing cabinet. The last thing I'm going to say specific to notes um, is at the end of every day to comb through, you know, you've you've attended numerous meetings and had numerous conversations. It's like comb back through the notes, find what are the actionable items, find the commitments, make sure it gets into your uh, time management system. And then lastly, We have the idea of start each day uh, with a game plan. And I think at least a lot of the people I work with, they do this at minimum from time to time. Some people are actually really quite good at sticking to it, but it's like, do I literally have a routine where I carve out time either at the beginning of the day, at the end of the day, that gives me the game plan? Because what we know is there's firefighting. What we know is there's unplanned emergencies and things that come up. But the thing is, when I deal with that and then I get back to what I was doing, if I literally have a documented plan, that helps me get right back into the groove and the swing of things a lot earlier. Um, If you've ever heard Stephen Covey talk about uh, items that are important and urgent and he has these quadrants, 
he talks about a quadrant two where items are not urgent, but they are important. And one of the things I always remember from that is if you don't schedule quadrant two things, good luck, <laughs> because those things aren't actually going to uh, potentially happen as much. And it really is this idea of let me work those things into a part of my game plan, whether it's for the day, uh, for the week, for the month, for the quarter, et cetera. So on these last two items, I really believe one uh, critical to role model it and part two is critical to insist and coach our people uh, to do those two things. That was the Humanity Leadership Podcast. My name's David Wheatley. For further information about Humanity, go to humanity.com or check out our latest book, What Great Teams Do Great, from all good bookstores. Have a good one. Stay healthy. Mm-hmm.